right, we'll get started. Hello, everyone. Um, this is the Easy on the Gas Lunch and Learn Zoom. And we're so glad that you're joining us. My name is Sarah Walls, and I'm a transportation planner for the Metropolitan Planning Organization of Johnson County. And I'm joined today by my colleague, Emily Bothell, another uh, transportation engineering planner, and uh, colleague Hannah Neal and um, Kent Ralston are here as well. Uh, we are really excited about today's discussion, and we hope you are too. Um, we encourage you to put questions um, in the chat. I've already put some information in there about our two guests today, and, and we'll repeat that later in the program. Um, and we also hope to have time for some Q&A at the end. Um, I also wanna let you know that we're recording this Zoom and we hope to get that posted um, at the end of the week. So if you have to tune out early or if you know somebody who could have benefited from this and they wanna see it um, after the fact, you'll be able to link to that. And um, we will announce, we'll put that out um, on our social media, um, the MPO's, um, uh, Facebook page and Instagram. Um, uh, otherwise, um, I'll, I'll type in my email later. And if you want to shoot me an email, I can get it to you that way. You can respond to me and I can get it, get it to you that way. So um, our guests today are Michelle Ribble, uh, Commuter Programs Manager for the University of Iowa, who's going to cover some commuter options for people um, who are employed by the University of Iowa and possibly some things that will benefit um, students living outside the area. Um, also, Brock Grenis, uh, Transit Administrator and Planner for the East Central Iowa Council of Governments, which covers Johnson and surrounding counties. Um, he'll enumerate those counties for us. Um, ECI COG is a, a very bureaucratic sounding name, but they're doing some really creative and innovative work on things like economic development, housing, and what we're talking about today, transportation. And this really benefits some of our smaller communities. Um, so if you can't remember ECI COG, remember corridor rides, you've probably seen some of their buses around and, and that'll get you to the right place. Um, I spotted a theme earlier on the Quarter Rides uh, webpage that I think will help to frame um, our conversation today, and that was save money, feel safe, and do good. And I think that at this time with inflation and gas prices as they are, and those are gonna continue for a while, and current events being what they are, and uh, road construction being what it is, that that's a hopeful starting place. A number of the programs that Brock and Michelle are going to discuss today are really about people. Um, they are about coworkers, uh, employees, community residents working together with some coordination help from government to make their commutes easier, safer, more efficient, less expensive, lots of advantages there. So before I let Michelle take over, I want to, and Michelle will go first and then Brock, I want to bring up, um, I need to share my screen. I'm sorry. One second. Do I have that? Yeah, share. I can go ahead and do that, Emily. Yes, yes. you should be able to. Uh, can you all see that or? Yes, we can see okay. your screen. All right. So, um, on this slide, um, here at the MPO, we are just wrapping up our long range transportation plan. And as part of that, we spend a good deal of time looking at data for transportation within the Iowa City metro planning boundary. And that's Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty, University Heights, Tiffin, hope I didn't forget anyone. Um, 
And so we think a lot and work with those communities on immediate um, transportation needs um, and to ensure that people, one of the things we do is ensure that people have access to local transit, improve conditions so people can walk and bike to work. So we were, as we were wrapping up our long range plan in March, um, the war in Ukraine was starting and we were starting to see a profound impact on gas prices. Uh, around the Iowa City area, we could see that many people would have the option to substitute walking and biking or taking the bus for some of their travel. But looking at some of the broader data, um, we knew that that wouldn't be the case and that this was really going to impact a lot of people. So this slide is showing you that every day, nearly 40,000 workers employed in Johnson County come into the county from other counties and from quite a broad area. Some of the top places are listed, you know, nearly close to 10,000 workers come in from Lynn County. Um, another 32, more than 3,200 from Washington County. So you can see that's a, that's a huge deal of commuter activity that's not gonna, for whom biking and walking and local transit are not gonna provide a benefit. And then at the same time, nearly 13,500 workers who live in Johnson County are commuting out to those other areas. And again, Lynn County being that top area where we have a lot of people going to work. And I'm sure if you think about it, some of you are in this situation, some of you have neighbors where maybe um, one person in the household is working in Iowa City and others working in North Liberty or Cedar Rapids or Washington County or something like that. We know there's a lot of manufacturing and other jobs that are outside of Johnson County. People might live here and work other places. So with the gas prices being so high, this is really having um, impact on, on a lot of folks. So um, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen there. I just wanted to get people out of the framework of only thinking about people who travel around within Johnson County, because we, we do have this tremendous challenge. And now I'm gonna um, turn things over to Michelle, and I'll just let you know that Michelle and Brock, some of their programs overlap a little, so it'll be a little bit like uh, a relay race. And, uh, and Michelle will hand off the baton to Brock and it'll be seamless. So thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to try sharing my screen. Um, Sarah, if you could just um, enable me to do that, that would be great. Emily's doing that for us. Perfect. <laughs> Sarah, I won't be able to because I'm not the host, but you can give Michelle the co-host oh, responsibility. Right. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> One sec. Yep, there you go, Michelle. Sorry. Oh, no problem. That part wasn't seamless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so let me start my slideshow. Um, are you guys seeing the very first yes. that I have there? Okay, great. Well, thanks, Sarah, for that background. That was perfect. It, it gives me a good way to lead into it. Um, I'm from the University of Iowa, and we do have some programs set up, especially for people that don't live in the city that can walk and bike. And so I'm just going to go over some of those. Um, 
The main four that I'm going to talk on are going to be our employee van pool program, our rideshare network. We do provide discount passes for 3A Express, as well as Iowa City and Coralville Transit, and those are called our UPASS programs. I'm probably going to focus more heavily on the Vample program, but I'll touch a little bit on the other ones too. Um, as far as Vample, sometimes people don't even know what a Vample is. They may have heard of it, but they're not quite sure what it is. Um, in simple terms, it's basically just a group of people that live and work near each other that have the same hours, and they ride to and from work together. Uh, obviously, that's going to save you a lot of time and gas. So that's helpful. From the group, one person's going to volunteer to drive, and then the other was chip in to pay for the operating expenses of that vehicle. And generally with Vample programs, the cost is based on, you know, what type of vehicle you have, how many miles you're traveling, and then how many people you're going to divide that amongst. And typically your driver is your organizer. Um, they're the person that's going to keep the van at home, organize it, be the person to communicate with everybody in the program. For the University of Iowa's program, um, we are open to university employees and we are employer run, meaning we do everything. Uh, we get the vehicles, we do the maintenance, we provide uh, fuel for the vans, we handle all the membership. So we get vans started when uh, they have vacancies and they need to fill them. We're the ones that hold the wait list, we get people to join, we handle if they wanna quit their van. Um, we also allow people to transfer from one van pool to another, because a lot of times people will change jobs within the university. So maybe their hours change or their work location change. So maybe another van would be better for them. Um, also, when Sarah asked me about coming and presenting, I was thinking about the history of our program. And it is very timely because our program started exactly kind of the same way we are now with a crisis. Uh, we started in 78 during the Iran oil crisis, and the university wanted to figure out a way to help its employees get to work. So they started the Vample program, and it also helped nationwide to help conserve gasoline. So uh, unfortunately, history is repeating itself a little bit. Um, a little bit of history, and we started in 1978. We only had four vans, and we had 48 people. So we put 12 people on each vans to start it. It grew to uh, 75 vans and 400 members today. We were a lot higher pre-pandemic, but the pandemic um, has changed the way people work and the way they commute. So many of our employees now work from home. So vampling just really doesn't work for them. We also had some people retire because we've been doing this program since 1978. So we're starting to get to that point where quite a few of the people that leave our program are retirees. Um, so we're hoping that now that we're starting to at least deal with the pandemic and its outcomes that people are going to start coming back into our program. But that's where we stand today. Uh, this is just a map that shows all the locations of where our van pools are at. And I tried to depict how many vans we have coming by the size of the circle. So like if you go in the Cedar Rapids area, that's like the largest circle. We have over 12 van pools coming from that area alone. Um, but higher up there, you'll see Marion. I think we have two vans now from Marion. But uh, we are a radius of about, I would say, 70 miles from the Iowa City area. Um, we have all work hours. We have daytime, uh, first shift, second shift, and third shift. So that's exciting. Um, we don't limit ourselves to just eight to five uh, for our van pools. 
And for us, the costs um, really focus in on how far you're coming from. So the range and our monthly rates could be anywhere from $30 to $140. So like our closest vans would be West Branch and they're paying about $30 a month per passenger. But our like Davenport, Mount Pleasant vans, they're up into the hundreds, about $140 for them each month. Um, Sarah had asked a little bit about, you know, how our program's going and we do try to survey our members quite frequently. Uh, when they join, when they leave, and then periodically, you know, every couple of years, we'll do an overall vehicle survey. And we're really pleased um, that we think things are going well. We do have 96% of our members saying that they are satisfied with the program and what it provides for them. So we think we're still on the right track. We have a service that's being useful. And 92% of them said that they would likely recommend the program to other people. And that's probably the best stat that we have because even though we do marketing, um, the best marketing tool for us is word of mouth. So if our members um, find this to be a value and they like it, they're going to talk about it for other people. So that definitely helps our program going. And we found that the main reasons people want to join a Vample, the number one is cost savings, followed by convenience. And then we're starting to see more and more people be more concerned about the environment and our footprint on the earth. So environment comes up more and more now. And then we do have quite a few people that just don't wanna deal with driving. The stress of it, our winter weather, um, they were, or they wanna do other things. They might wanna read or relax or just listen to music instead of doing the driving. Um, so that's kind of a synopsis of our Vample program. And I'm happy to answer other questions uh, either now or later. But um, we do have a couple other ones. Like I said, I'll just briefly highlight them on there so I don't take up too much time for everybody. But we have the UI Rideshare Network. In a nutshell, it's our ride matching system. And it's a subset of the statewide ride matching system. So our subset is a closed uh, site just for university employees and students so they can find other people in the university community to ride with. Um, the application is really nice because it's not just for carpooling. We have our van pools on there so people can find our van pools that way. But you can also use it to find transit routes. Um, you can find other people maybe to um, ride your bike with or even to find somebody uh, to ride the bus with. And while most people use it on a regular basis, like, you know, I come to work Monday through Friday, eight to five, I'm looking for a carpool like this person for that. Um, you can use it for single trips. So if you're going to go to a football game or a concert or maybe next week your car is going to be in the shop and you need somebody you know, to ride share with, you can just set up single trips that way too. And uh, we've also found that people like to use this system to log their commutes to track how they're coming to work or to school and it'll compute their cost savings as well as like greenhouse emission savings. And that's been real helpful for people to find out that, you know, what I do matters. And so we've gotten some really good feedback for that. And if, you know, if you're not a university person, you can still use this system. You would just be put into the statewide matching system. Um, and some people want to be in both and you have the option with the university. You could be just in the university site and you could also create a, a record just for the statewide one to give people more options. 
And then I mentioned previously, we do provide discounted bus passes. So the university subsidizes bus rates for both the 380 Express and Iowa City and Coralville Transit. So we find that to be, it's probably our biggest program. We have um, about 3,000 faculty, staff, and students that use both the 380 Express and the transit systems in town. And this is just great because it provides them um, a way to get here at a very re greatly reduced cost. And uh, I know I went quickly on these things, but here's our website. And once you go to our website, if you just click on our alternative transportation menu, it goes down to all the other programs that we support. And it'll just give you some more information. And if anybody, you know, has further questions, or they want to know more about it, our website's a great place to go. We have contact information that people can call or email um, to get more things back. And with that, I finished. I don't know if uh, you want me to pass it along to Brock now. Yeah. Take some questions. Maybe pass along to Brock. Yes. Okay. So sure. let me get out of that. And I will stop sharing. And then maybe Sarah, you can uh, co host with Brock. Yeah, while we're, we're pulling that up, I'll just introduce myself again. Um, I'm Brock Rennes, and I have a title of Transit Planner for the East Central Iowa Council of Governments, but it's a lot easier and um, simpler to remember corridor rides. That's kind of the brand for our, our transit agency and um, what will be the, the options I'm discussing today. So start sharing. Uh, Michelle did an awesome job. Uh, her and I do a lot of the same uh, type of work in that we're both um, working to, to find solutions for people that need to, to commute um, and, and working to make those better. So uh, we overlap in a lot of ways in that, in that our agency quarter rides offers the same type of solutions, which I'll talk about. Uh, they're just open to the public uh, in our region. And our region includes Benton County, Iowa County, Johnson, Jones, Lynn and Washington counties. Uh, in the case of J Johnson County and Lynn County, however, we really focus on that rural area. So those areas outside of like uh, uh, Iowa City, Corville, and then Cedar Rapids and Marion. Uh, but of course, a lot of the trips go into those urban areas. It's not like we exclude them. It's just we try and focus on those rural areas. But um, I'll just start. Uh, this is just our, our website here. Uh, it kind of explains our, our writing options. Of course, we have the 3D Express, I'll, I'll discuss a little bit, uh, our Vanpool program, Carpool, and then Rural Dialer Ride, which uh, is Johnson County seat in Johnson County. But for those folks in the rural area needing a ride, uh, they can look that up. Um, and it's it's called Dialer Ride. It's essentially like a, a taxi service in that you have to call and schedule a ride, usually within a, a day's notice, but sometimes they can squeeze in sooner. But uh, I'll just uh, jump into that Carpool feature. So if you click the link, this is a page that'll come up. Uh, it's, it's the same back end service that Michelle talked about as part of the Iowa Rideshare Network. Uh, but if you log in uh, with the zip code in our region, this is a screen you'll see. It just allows you to enter your origin and destination. On the sake of time, I just look for trips from Cedar Rapids to Iowa City just now. Um, and you can see it, it pulls up 49 carpool drivers. 94 carpool passengers. So when you go and register on the site, you select if you want to drive a carpool, if you want to just be a rider. 
I mean, as she mentioned too, we got bicycle, walking, and transit partners. I imagine most of those transit partners are for the 3D Express, and I don't know how how people are walking between there, but somehow they signed up. Um, anyway, I call it a free service, and that it's free to use. Um, it just matches you with another or person that's looking for a ride or, or for a passenger. Um, and then once you agree um, to match with the person, then you can share either your phone number or email. So it's anonymous too on that front uh, until you're ready. So it's been working pretty good. Um, I think we're happy with it. And again, like Michelle said, you can do your single rides or, or reoccurring, kind of whatever works good for you. Moving on to our van pool program. Uh, Michelle did a great job describing how van pools work, all the particulars. Um, ours is different in that it's open uh, to the public so you don't have to be a university employee. Um, ours is slightly different too in that our agency doesn't manage it day to day. We use Commute by Enterprise, so the same company that rents cars. Uh, they provide kind of the vehicles, the phone number to call and match up, and all that day to day. Um, operations, I guess. So when there's a, a driver, a passenger that has an issue, uh, they work with enterprise. But quarter rides is involved in that we subsidize the service. So for every van pool group out there, we provide them $400 a month, which just reduces their total cost. Um, I'd say the average cost for, for most of our van pool groups are around $1,200 a month. Um, and that depends based on the type of vehicle you, you choose, if you choose the amenities with it. Um, and then how many people share that cost. Um, so a lot of, we have, I think at the moment, 17 Vample groups. The majority of them travel between Cedar Rapids and Iowa City. A lot of them go to the VA hospital, which I think has to do with the, the parking uh, situation there. Uh, but we also have some in the more rural areas that travel to manufacturers, um, a big place of employment like that. Uh, so it's been going real, real well. Uh, I will point out now that we just have a, um, a limited opportunity until October uh, that any new van pool groups that sign up can get an $800 a month subsidy. So uh, wow. the cost of your van pool will be almost free. Um, and we just launched that a few weeks ago. So we're going to try and spread that message in social media and, and other channels too. But uh, for the great audience, you kind of get a, a first word for that. So I know we might have questions at the end, but I'll jump over uh, explain a little about our 3D Express service. Uh, for those who don't know, it just serves uh, as an as a express bus between Cedar Rapids and Iowa City. Uh, it has three stops in Cedar Rapids, three in the Iowa City area. Kind of runs throughout the day. Um, it really is 5 a.m. Uh, and then late, as late as 9 p.m. with the stop every hour and then the busiest times uh, every half hour. So it's, it's been really well utilized. In particular, the folks at the University of Iowa, um, both the hospital staff and I think a lot of people that, that attend college and need to travel downtown our city. We've actually seen a number of uh, Kirkwood students start using it. Interestingly enough, traveling from Iowa City to Cedar Rapids, uh, because one of the stops in Cedar Rapids is right at the, the Cedar Rapids campus. And there's a lot of course offerings that aren't available in Iowa City, such as the like the hospitality with the Hotel Kirkwood, uh, the automotive technician programs and things like that, that their students can travel there. And I know they have a, a program where if, if you do take some of those courses, uh, they'll help pay for the cost of the bus passes. But uh, the rides are pretty cheap. I think they're $3.50 one way. 
and then there's quite a few discounts for, for people that are either disabled, elderly, or if you buy multiple passes at a time, you can get that rate cheaper. Uh, it's also got a mobile app, so you can just use, that's called Token Transit, and not have to pay with cash and, and get on board simply that way. So that's kind of a real big picture overview of our three services. Um, I, I tried not to duplicate anything Michelle said since she covered it well, but um, I guess at this time we could open it up for questions or, or get to more details about anything if there are questions. Sarah, I'm Go not seeing any questions in the chat right now, but I know All right. that you had I had some questions, so I'll get us started. Um, if, if you both could talk about, um, since you both offer van pools, um, what's the level of commitment when somebody signs up for a van pool? Like how long do you commit for? And then maybe two, if you can touch on like how quickly one should anticipate getting into a van pool. Uh, Brock, do you want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you? Okay, um, as far as the level of commitment, we do have a two-week financial uh, commitment. So someone starts on our van pool and they decide after like a week they don't want to be on the van anymore. The most they would be required to pay is a half a month. Um, they don't necessarily have to ride, you know, that whole two weeks by any means, but we do require at least a half a month. And that's just to help keep our finances in check. Um, and we don't burden the other people on the van uh, with higher rates because somebody didn't stick with the van during that time. And then they, I think your other question was to start a van. Mm -hmm. um, for us, we can start a van rather quickly once we get the commitment. We need to have at least five people that are committed to being on the van um, with one person being the driver. Currently, we do have vehicles in reserve and we use them as loaner vehicles when our vans are, you know, if they had some shop uh, work to done at the shop, you know, we have a van to, to help with that. So we could supply you with a van quickly. So I would say maybe a month's time, we could get a van up and running. If in the future we don't have the vans in stock, then it would just be limited to how fast can we get a van. And, and yeah, and I think for our program, it's it's nearly the same as, as what Shell described. Um, there might be, um, a little shorter lead time just because in our case enterprise has a lot of vans available instead of, you know they, they have a nationwide network but um it also might take longer because they have to reach out across their um larger networks to find other people to match you know once one person has a has a request but um yeah i think that otherwise it's pretty much the exact same and then how what happens if somebody is riding in a van pool and say i find out midday my kid in marion is sick and I got to rush home or, or maybe I have a doctor's appointment that day, you know, how does that work? Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably the biggest obstacle we have with people wanting to join a van. It's always the what ifs because mm -hmm. we know they're just used to having that vehicle right, you know, right there. So what we do is we have an emergency ride home program and that what we do is we reimburse people for a taxi ride home or to wherever their emergency is. And people can use that up to three times a year for a hundred dollars. And, um, you know, honestly, we have over 400 people in the program and I think it gets used maybe five or six times a year. Um, so it, it's, it's very low use, but I think people need that safety net. So that's what we have for them. If people have 
um, an appointment they know about, they could either, you know, drive themselves that day, or they could even maybe try to catch a different van, depending on when that appointment is. Because um, like I said, we do have vans that run all different time frames. How about you, Brock? Yeah, um, I was just going to say our, our program also has a guaranteed ride home program. I think folks in ours can only use it twice a year, however, um, instead of three. But it, it, again, it's rarely, if ever, used, but it does give peace of mind to those riders that if something comes up, you know, they can get home um, in, in a relatively short notice. And then can you talk about, too, um, you know, I'm just thinking through things that might make people, you know, that are obstacles for people. What what kinds of um, rule, like I assume that in these van pools or carpools that uh, people sort of make up rules for themselves, you know, to keep things comfortable, like things like, um, you know, are you allowed to eat in the car? Do we listen to the radio or do we listen to our AirPods? Do we um, not talk politics? I mean, what do you, are you aware of rules that people sort of set up to keep everything running smoothly between passengers? Yep. Um unless Brock wants to go first, I, I could take what we do. Um, you know, that's probably the, the most interesting question you could ask Sarah, honestly, because um, it is all about people and everyone has different personalities and thoughts and attitudes. So for us, when we start a van, we try to put them on a good foundation and that we provide a lot of guidance. Um, we recommend that you know you don't eat and drink because one thing you have to do is keep that van clean. And that can be a burden on one person or the driver if people are eating and drinking all the time. However, if that group wants to eat and drink, that's fine, they can do that. So we just provide a lot of guidance for it. Um, you know, Politics can certainly be a hot topic. Uh, we would recommend that you don't talk about that. But again, each van is so unique um, that we don't want to put restraints on them because maybe it does work for some vans um, and maybe it doesn't work for others. And it, it all goes to the van pull experience. And we want people to enjoy their ride, to not become a family, but become a, a cohesive group. And so we want them to be able to make their own decisions on that. Um, if they have issues, uh, we certainly help remedy that. You know, we will be a mediator for them, um, talk it through. Usually we can always figure out a way to at least get it manageable that people can live with it. Um, so the best I can say is that while we have strong opinions and we provide guidance, ultimately many of those decisions are up to the van. Yeah, I'd echo everything Michelle said. It's um. <laughs> pretty much the same with ours. Uh, we, we think of them as like kind of a small community um, so that they 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 have the, the freedom to kind of pick and choose, you know, what rules they, they want to follow as a group. Uh, the driver does probably have a little more say in that they're considered a coordinator in our program and um, they would still have to get permission to make, make major changes, but they're kind of in charge. Uh, and it's interesting to point out <clears throat> with ours during the pandemic, uh, all the van pools kept operating and that really surprised me because you know they're in tight quarters uh, they're riding this thing in the case from Cedar Rapids Iowa City you know half hour 45 minutes um, but they decided amongst themselves to continue using it um, so that was kind of surprising and a, and a choice they made their own you know 
um, we didn't choose to cancel that. I, I saw one of the chat questions was about the price of gas increasing. Um, Michelle might have a different answer, but in our program, uh, there's a fuel card that each fan gets. Um, and that average cost a month includes what is the average cost of gas. So as the cost of gas increases, so too will that monthly cost uh, that's split between everybody in the group. Yeah, it's for us at the university, you know, we set our budget uh, for how much we'd be paying for fuel. And over the course of the years, because we've weathered this many times, uh, we've made the decision not to increase or reduce our prices based on our fuel rates throughout the year. So we will either take our lumps or enjoy our, our excess um, until our next fiscal year. So for us, we just feel that it makes um, our members more secure knowing that I'm only paying $50 a month. It's, it's not gonna waver either way. And we just really wanna keep people in the vehicles. So that's one of the differences then that the university, it's a set fee that you're paying to be part of the van pool. Whereas with the ECI COG program, the, the upkeep and everything of the van is taking care of what, what you're basically paying for is a small fee and then the gas. Am I understanding that correct? Yep, yep, gas is the only variable. Um, All right. So I gave you that average is that's kind of what a normal, normal van pool costs. Someone asked Brock if, um, if North Liberty will be added to the 380 Express route, is that a possibility? Uh, it, it's possible. Uh, we've gotten that request um, quite a few times. Uh, it, it's challenging to kind of keep the current route and schedule as is, especially with the service to the most used stops, those being the University of Iowa um, and Kirkwood and, and Cedar Rapids. So we're always open to look at it. I think later this year we might um, kind of do another survey and study of the 3 d Express service to see what could be improved uh, and how that might work. Uh, we did that change um, a year after it started and it's probably time to take another look. So uh, no answer, yes or no, but it's certainly a possibility. Then can you talk a little bit about um, for the van pool drivers, is there um, any kind of background check on their driving record or any you know safety security stuff? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. looked into prior to them being the driver. Yeah. So uh, with our program again, <clears throat> um, it's almost like renting a car. Mm -hmm. So the same process you would go through uh, with the with the um, background check to your driving record. Uh, now there's no check to your criminal history. Um, that's just how the program is set up. Uh, the university is similar. We um, do check their driver's license and they have to meet the university's driving standards. Um, real quick, it's basically three years of a clean driving record. There's other things that are in there, but that's uh, a short way of saying it. And then all of our drivers, we have them take an online proactive driving course that they have to successfully pass. And then we do have them go to the DOT and get a class D chauffeur's license to what? show that they've been able to um, be Apparently, here. Yeah, just a second. I was thinking this right now. Can we, um, um, we have somebody who's, hang on. I muted it. Okay, Sarah. great. Thank you, thank you. I'm sorry if I cut you off, Michelle. No, that's okay. Uh, we just require an additional license okay. for our drivers. 
And so then what are some of the perks um, or other responsibilities that might come with being a van pool driver? You want well, to can... that first, Brock? Sure. Um, the, the drivers in our program have a, a limited number. I think it's like 200 a month, 200 miles a month they can use for personal use. So, you know, if they want to pick up kids or, or grocery shop with the vehicle, um, that's totally okay. Um, otherwise, it's it's kind of on them to to arrange where the parking spot will be to meet and pick up all the passengers or if they want to go house to house and pick people up. Uh, so they kind of have more discretion on, on how it will operate um, because they do have that little bit of added responsibility. We differ a little bit. Um, we, we control a little bit more with our um, driving routes and parking locations. So for our drivers, um, some perks would be that they don't pay to be in our, our program, so they get a ride for free. We do work with them to get them a closer parking location to where they work, because we do ask them you know, to, to drive people back and forth to work. Um, we do ask them to be the main contact person for the van. So when we have an issue with the van or an issue with the vehicle or a new person wants to join, we're always gonna funnel it to that driver. So we have them do that. Um, we have the drivers always fuel the van at our university fueling island. And I probably should have mentioned that with the fuel that helps keeps our costs down too, is that we don't have as many taxes on our fuel as you would pay um, at a regular gas station. So yes, our fuel prices are going up, but they are not going up as much as you're gonna see, um, like I would pay when I went to the gas station. And then uh, we also have them do a lot of record keeping, um, how many miles they put on the van, who rode each day. Um, and we also have our backup drivers because our drivers aren't gonna be at work every single day. You know, they might get sick or go on vacation, et cetera. So we have backup drivers to do that too. And they generally do everything a backup or a driver would do when they serve in that capacity. Um, their perk would be the van still comes in. So they didn't have to get their own vehicle and use their own gas to come to work that day. Um, the van keeps moving. So that's why um, they still pay the monthly fee, but at least they could use the van and not have to find a different way to get to work. And can you talk a little bit about um, both for the van pool, but I'm thinking of also the carpool um, issues of like privacy and safety, like what access do people have um, to your information? Um, are they messaging you through an app or are they connecting directly to your phone line or your email? Like anything you can say about that. Um, I'll say a little bit that I think I'll have Brock maybe address that a little bit more. We both use that same platform, the Iowa Rideshare um, system. And through that, you can do some anonymous messaging back and forth until you feel comfortable with that person. And then you might say, hey, let's meet at a public place or you know, exchange a phone number at that point in time. Um, with our system, it is a closed system. So when you're in the university area, there might be some uh, comfort knowing that they're at least another university person um, that you would be messaging back and forth with. Yep, uh, and, and same case with our program. <clears throat> um, when it started up, the I was told it was kind of similar to Craigslist, you know, if you're willing to, to shop or, or find someone 
um, anonymously, you know, you are taking some risk, uh, but we do have that um, safeguard to, to stay anonymous until you are ready to, to share your information. And then, yeah, there are safety tips on, on what to do to, to stay safe and finding right on that website. And so like, for example, if a woman is um, looking for a ride, can she like go in there and see like what other women perhaps are offering rides? So if you'd feel safer riding with a woman. Yeah, yep. Um, there's a few demographic options you can choose when, right. when entering as a rider or a passenger. Um, so I know male or female, I think age is another one. I haven't I'm kind of blanking on what it is exactly, but um, again, you know, that's, that's one safeguard. That's not hundred percent foolproof, but uh, one way to, to kind of address the safety question. And then what are the age limits like for, um, for the different services? I mean, obviously, you know, the van pools, I'm going to guess are over eight. Most of the people are over 18. Um, but, you know, if I'm a 16 year old worker, that's, um, you know, working every evening someplace, you know, can, can I, participate in the carpool like how does that work I mean does it is that an option yeah I, I believe um anyone with a valid email address can register for the carpool side of things um yeah it would be at least 18 for the van pool okay all right do we have any questions from the audience <laughs> I don't see anything else in the chat right now, Sarah. I thought one other thing um, might be good to just talk about the I-380 Express. Um, I am um, bragging that to everyone um, because it is such a, it's such a nice bus. Um, and maybe you can talk about some of the features on the bus that make it particularly attractive. You know, so for commuters who want to do some work going back and forth, you have a number of features on the bus that make that possible. Yeah. Um, so I'll start by saying we, we partnered with Windstar Lines. They're a charter bus company and they provide the buses and drivers. So if you think it's a, it's a kind of over the road motor coach, so they do have comfier seats that recline, uh, each seat has a, a charging station. All the buses have Wi-Fi's that they're hotspots. So, so you can't, um, have everybody on there watching Netflix or anything, but I, as far as, you know, reading or, or checking email it seems to work fine <clears throat> and we hear a lot of people that have tried it and the biggest reason they continue to ride the service is because they can spend that half hour 45 minutes catching up on work emails or just not driving on their way to work uh, some people it even takes them a little more time to get to work riding the bus but they see the value in that 30 minutes of not driving as opposed to you know 20 minutes driving uh, as stress relief and, and helping them a lot too. So uh, there's a bathroom on board too. If people have an emergency, they can run back there. And is there any requirement on the 380 uh, Express like masks, no masks, anything? Uh, nope. Uh, once the um, executive order uh, was lifted, yeah, there's no mask requirement. I, I do. Uh, from writing it recently, a fair number of people still continue to, to mask, uh, but it's a personal choice now. And have you seen those numbers, like probably numbers dropped off again during COVID for a variety of reasons, but are those numbers picking back up again? 
Yeah, yeah, they've they've really increased recently, which I think is more due to gas prices. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, the highest ridership to date was in January and February of 2020. Then, of course, bottomed out. Uh, but ever since the fall of 2020, it's steadily been increasing and is now uh, above monthly ridership levels pre-pandemic. So people are definitely returning to it. All right. Any other questions? Nothing. All right, well, we've put the link um, in the chat. You'll see um, that I've put a link um, for contacting both the university and Michelle's department um, if you're interested in any of the services they offer. Um, and I've also put in the, um, the quarter rides link uh, for their webpage um, and um, the email to link with there if you have questions. I mean, th these are some great options. Um, one last question I'd like to ask is, are there any, um, you know, obviously the University of Iowa, Kirkwood are big destinations, but I think Brock, maybe I talked to you a little bit about some of these um, uh, areas outside of, of the urban area where we have manufacturing, meatpacking plants, things like that. Are people taking advantage? Because it seems like with people with uh, shifts like that and um, who maybe aren't making as high a wage, this might present a really great option. Are you seeing um, folks taking up the van pool for, for that? Uh, yeah, actually the, <clears throat> the van pool group that have uh, folks that travel to West Liberty uh, for the, the meat processing plant there. Um, there's almost an entire group formed to go to a, uh, a roofing truss manufacturer in Cascade, Iowa. Okay. Um, and then also some possibility of going to Waterloo from Cedar Rapids, uh, again, meatpacking plant. And I know Whirlpool has a number of travelers that use the carpool matching app, uh, but not a pool. Yeah. And so you can, so just so I get it right, so the van pool is, um, it serves the um, ECI Cog counties, but if you can go to Whirlpool, so, or to Waterloo, then, then the van could actually go outside of the service area. Like it's yep, based it within the service area, but but if someplace like Waterloo, you can get to even though it is not in the service area. Yeah, right? that's correct. Yep, uh, we just we offer a, a lower subsidy if it's outside of our service area. Okay. So instead of four hundred dollars a month, you only get one hundred dollars a month, but it, it can still do that. Um, about anywhere anywhere in the state, as long as the ride starts in our region. All right, uh, if we don't have any other questions from anyone, I think we'll wrap up early. I hope you found this helpful. Um, you know, if you just wanna throw a comment or anything in the link, or um, if you would like me to email you um, a link uh, to the, the video when it comes up, my, you can see my name on the screen, Sarah with an H. And then it would be dash walls, W-A-L-Z at iowa-city.org. And I can um, email you the link once we have it um, up on the web. All right. Thank well, you thank so you, much. Sarah. Thank you, guys. Yeah.